Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, I love salmon so much that once in a while, I actually drive up to the Mattapedia River in Quebec to go fly fishing. But that's a whole lot of mileage for very few fish. The rest of the time, of course, I purchase salmon at the supermarket, and most of what I buy is indeed farm-raised. Moe Farm-Raised Salmon offers restaurant-quality salmon right to your plate, and they have been in the business for over 60 years. It's available in seven different origins, Norway, Scotland, Iceland, Ireland, Faroe Islands, Canada, and Chile. Each has its own distinctive taste and texture. They offer raw salmon fillets, but you can also purchase pre-seasoned portions or cold-smoked bites. And Moe salmon is available ready to eat with cold-smoked ultra-thin slices as well as center-cut loin. Please visit moeysalmon.us to learn more. That's Moe, M-O-W-I, salmon, dot U-S, to learn more. You know, I grew up with Vermont farmers who made do with tools they had on hand. A hammer, pliers, uh, and baling twine, of course, for most jobs. When I became a cook, however, I found that having just the right knife or maybe the perfect carbon steel skillet made all the difference. And the right tool also added pleasure to my cooking. I truly enjoyed my time prepping as well as cooking food. And that also goes for a car. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. And that includes available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Buying furniture is not easy. You want well-designed pieces that fit into a modern lifestyle, yet the look should be timeless. And you want a custom experience creating furniture designed specifically for your space. My suggestion is that you check out Cozy, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture for modern living. Their high-quality products are delivered quickly and are easy to assemble. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, and credenzas. Their outdoor collection features high-quality modular sofas and sectionals made for outdoor living. You can visit their store in Toronto. Cozy now has expanded from an online market to their first in-person space, or go directly to their website at Cozy.com. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. Transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. I'm Christopher Kimball, and this is a special episode of Milk Street Radio. Today, it's my latest interview with food writer and TV cook Nigella Lawson. I sat down with Nigella as she got ready to set off on a multi-city tour across the United States to celebrate Cook, Eat, Repeat, ingredients, recipes, and stories. Nigella's tour begins on November 7th in Boston and continues all month. 
Nigella, welcome back to Milk Street. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. So you're doing this 16-city tour. I am. And, and I just want to say that that is, is so retro, but it's so cool. I mean, authors basically are doing Zoom tours these days. So you're doing this, you know, you're going to Kansas, Salt Lake City, Ohio. I'm doing a lot of places. I'm thrilled, though, because when the book actually came out in the States, it was just Zoom. That was always that was possible. I really wanted to come out to the States, and I kept saying, I'll sign something to say that if I get ill, I won't sue you to the publishers. Mm. And they said, no, 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 we're not allowed to do that. But in fact, I'm doing this with a, someone who does lecture tours, and um, so I'm, I'm allowed to be let loose in America. <laughs> Is America ready for Nigella Lawson Unchained? <laughs> I hope I'm ready. A lot of plane yeah. journeys. Okay, so Cookie Repeat, we talked about it on the show before. Yes. I've told you how much I love it because of the writing, among other things. Um, but you said something interesting in that book. You said a recipe, much like a novel, is a living collaboration between writer and reader. And in both cases, it is the reader who keeps it alive. I just love that notion of the reader keeping your work or my work alive. But don't you think that's so? I mean, a recipe can be written, a recipe can be printed, but it's really the recipes that are cooked and that are passed from family member to family member or just become part of people's lives. That is what keeps a recipe alive. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so glad to get back on the road, that the wonderful thing about the modern world is that there are so many different ways to connect with one another. And yet there is something about being in a room, talking to people, answering questions, hearing what they like to cook, often what they change to a recipe. But I think that food really is something that gains so much from many cooks, many palates, many right. different ways of going through the world. And, and that, that becomes something, and it's something that I like sharing. Um, a couple things also from your book. Uh, you, you don't apologize for brown food. I totally agree with uh, Au contraire. <laughs> yeah, au contraire. <laughs> au contraire, yes. like frère. <laughs> No, I, I love that. Yeah, I love it. I, I feel Instagram, while it's done many good things, has somewhat prioritized the pretty or the boldly colorful. You know, and pretty food is uplifting, as is color. But it doesn't, it can't take the, the place of taste. Well, as you said, there is nothing worse than going out for Christmas lunch and finding someone's done something interesting. <laughs> the worst word in food. I don't want pheasant, marengo, or lobster medallions in Armagnac. I want turkey, Brussels sprouts with chestnuts and bread sauce. I mean, I think Nouvelle Cuisine back in the 1970s was probably a dubious proposition. <laughs> um, you, you also wrote, I think in, the, in Cookie Repeat, you said something about one of your favorite cookbooks was the Worldwide Wrestling Federation's book, <laughs> well, Can I You Take the Heat? Favorite, but I, I have, as you know, <laughs> a, a, a fondness for kitchen camp, so obviously it spoke okay. to me. You say as a kid you were a big reader uh, and that you're still a big reader. Very few people, you know, read a lot of books these days. So do you find that you select friends uh, who are big readers too? Well, I think not on purpose, but I have. And that because I, you know, years ago, you know, I, I 
you know, was a book reviewer. And, um, right. and so in a way, that's where I come from. I think some people read. I tend to guard my reading jealously. I mean, I, people, I often feel I don't watch enough TV, but you can't do everything. And I so love silence. Like I have a couple of friends I watch TV with, all my kids. But if I know the option of silence is not possible, then I'm happy to watch TV. But if I'm by myself and therefore silence is on offer, I wouldn't turn on the television. Not because I don't think television can be wonderful. However, I have a problem with noise. So reading silently is something I, I need. I feel... It's like eating for me. I've always said for me, reading, reading, I'm now um, actually forming new words. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, eating and reading are similar and writing and cooking also are analogous. Well, cooking, you cook, serve, eat, it's done. Unfortunately, writing, you have to keep going back to it and, and, and burnishing it and making it but better. But you do so. that all the time when you cook. Yeah. It's just over okay. a smaller, yeah. you know, a more condensed time frame. It's less painful, that's for sure. But on the other hand, all the cooking you do comes out of the cooking you've done previously and right. the eating you've done previously. So I suppose you edit without noticing it because you don't edit. And this is what really interests me about cooking. While I think food is very worthy of intellectual study. I think what is interesting is when you cook, you're, you're not having thoughts. You know, you have sensation instead. You have the feel of the dough in your fingers or the smell of, of a cake in the oven or the noise onions make as they fry, which is a different noise the more cooked they become. So you're having to live in a very different world. It's the realm of the senses. And I find that so much of modern life, there's so much fizzing and popping in your mind and there's so much that takes place from the neck up that I think it's very good just to be a person in your body, in your kitchen. Yeah, it's really, you know, we don't fix our cars anymore. Most people don't go hunting anymore. But cooking is the one thing that's sort of left, and that's why I'm quite protective of it. Yes, and also I'm very urban. So it's really, you know, apart from a walk in a park, but right. yeah, it's really the way I connect with nature. It makes me feel grounded in that way. Yeah, I met a guy years ago while I was in college, and uh, I was working on a house in Massachusetts one summer, and we had to dig a couple holes and he was like 30 years old. He'd never dug a hole in his life, and he'd never touched dirt. And I just went, oh, okay, There's, there, there, there is another way of existing. Well, there is. There is, yeah. and I think I had a Latin teacher who said rather crossly with us, and it wasn't really our fault, but um, none of you will ever know the satisfaction of a carpenter who's made a table. And that may be true. And although writing has its satisfactions, it is still quite abstract. You can't touch it, but you can hear it. You can hear the sounds you're making and the rhythm of your voice. But it's, it's an interesting process. And I think that it is much more of a challenge. You know, writing about books is one thing, but writing about food really belongs in a whole different arena. 
because you're having to conjure up flavor, texture, the flow of a recipe, and, and you're using words, but these things really belong beyond language in a different sphere. You're listening to a special episode of Milk Street Radio with Nigella Lawson. Coming up, Nigella tells us all about the dangerous sports club. That's in just a moment. I'm Christopher Kimball, and now here's a word from our friends at Allagash Brewing Company, who love food as much as we do here at Milk Street. Hi, this is Jason Perkins. I'm the brewmaster at Allagash, and I've been making Allagash White in Portland, Maine since 1999. So a white beer is a very old style of beer. Traditionally, it was brewed with spices of some type, typically coriander and orange peel. And I think one of the things that makes Allagash White distinctive and different is the rare combination of complexity and drinkability. And it's sometimes remarkable to stop and realize that I never get tired of it. You know, I'll open a can or I'll pour a glass and the first sip and I'm like, man, this beer is good. (laughs) There are a lot of different ways that folks can enjoy an Allagash White. And here are some of the examples of what folks here at the brewery like to do. My favorite thing to pair with an Allagash White is simple, beautiful seared scallops over a bed of fresh greens with blood orange and shaved fennel. My favorite would probably have to be like an Italian or a hoagie, capicola, pickled vegetables, crusty bread. It's got that nice lemony, zesty character that just gets you ready for the next bite. The ultimate pairing for me is this dish called bosom, which is this like big pork shoulder with like salt and brown sugar. We also call it candy pork in my house and a little like scallion ginger sauce. It's like lettuce, rice, pork, sip of white, lettuce, rice, pork, sip of white, and it's just perfection. My other top choice was like a hot dog. Like just have a hot dog and have an allagash white. You don't need to dress it up. There's something about mussels with beer especially the white, that is just so good. I feel like it goes really well with different soft cheeses that aren't too dominant, but then also with, like, spicy Indian food. So I think it's just really versatile. I could imagine, like, something like um, like lemon meringue pie. That would be really nice. Pairing Allagash White with carrot cake is a thing of beauty. This maybe it sounds really boring, but pepperoni pizza. I feel like after a long week, having like a nice warm pepperoni pizza and a cold Allagash White is just like you made it. Like you did your week. You deserve this pizza. You deserve this beer. It's perfect in summer. It's perfect in winter. I haven't really found a flavor that I don't think works really well with Allagash White. (laughs) Yeah, so not only do I drink it while I cook I often cook with it so if I'm creating some kind of stew I'll add a little bit of Allagash White to it. A lot of people use Allagash White in like a fried fish batter. Anywhere where you can add like a spritz of lemon or a spritz of lime that could be the beer. We are very food-minded here at Allagash obviously (laughs) and I think because of that Allagash White 
is kind of subtle in a way that not all beers are, and I think that makes it very food friendly. I think it tends to unlock qualities in the food that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily notice. Like it's not too hoppy or it's not too sweet, so it sits right in the middle and sort of brings the flavors of the dish to life. If you ask anyone here at Allagash, we're pretty much all stands for this beer. We love it so much because every time you have it, you pick up something new. Every time you come back to it, you're reminded like, oh wow, yeah, that's really good. This is Jason Perkins again. Just want to say thanks to everyone at Allagash for sharing. You can try Allagash White at home, too. Head to Allagash.com slash locator to find Allagash White near you. For 21 plus only, please drink responsibly. Allagash Brewing Company, Portland, Maine. This is Milshay Radio. Now let's get back to my interview with Nigella Lawson. I want to ask you about something else, uh, the Dangerous Sports Club. I, I found this little thing. Oh, you were yeah. playing croquet at the Dangerous Sports Club. They described it at the Dutch ambassador's house, and I love this description. It was dedicated to formal dress, abundant champagne, and such imaginably insane stunts as sending a grand piano down the slopes of Samaritz or skateboarding with the bulls of Pamplona. So th- th- you had in your life some kind of – interesting was sort of i mean to be honest i just my involvement only not being you know (laughs) i'm not having been very sporty and certainly um i mean i can't even dive off a diving board so i wasn't going to (laughs) do bungee jumping into canyons and everything but you know i was required to be in I don't know what to call it, like a sedan chair, you know, when you're in like a little wooden box and it's got stilts, only the stilts are horizontal, uh, not vertical. And I just sat in it while four men, you know, carried me about and every now and then I'd waggle a croquet bat out of it. So I I wasn't, and I think my own, that was purely because I had a boyfriend who was a member of the Dangerous Sports Club. You know, it it wasn't really something I was, you know, deeply involved with in any level. And I could sit down, so that was fine. Well, you you at least had the opportunity to participate in one of their outings. Um, You you also said, you talked about loss and suffering in life Mm. and everybody's had that. You said, it's taught me that the universe is random and cruel chaotic also so how if that's your outlook and i don't disagree at all with that how do you find happiness in a random cruel chaotic universe you see i don't regard that as a negative thing to say (laughs) by which i mean is you cannot control the world everything that matters is largely beyond your control so you have to be in it and enjoy what's there And that does, I'm afraid, also consist of a lot of misery. But life is precious. And maybe I, the older I get, the more I'm aware of it, because I don't want to waste the time I have left. You know, know, going into the past about what went wrong or, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that aren't great or what could be better, because it seems to me such a self-defeating way of being. I, I totally agree. I, as, as someone said, you woke up this morning, lots of people didn't, so enjoy the day. Um, you, you talk about plain cake, and, and I think this says a lot about you. There's a modesty about a plain cake. It doesn't draw attention to itself or seek to impress. 
it's there to be sliced as needed, always delivering more than it promises. For me, that that sort of sums up your approach to cooking. <laughs> well, that's a lovely thing of you to say. I do think, again, it goes back to that thing, which is things can look showy and they can be spectacular as well from a technical point of view. But there's a comfort in plainness. And I think people might misunderstand an awful lot about plainness because they think plainness equates with blandness. And that isn't the case. There's a certain uncluttered palette that you need to appeal to, I, I suppose. And it sort of goes back to what I was saying in my brown food chapter. You know, saying that, you know, everything's meant to make a statement these days, including you. And sometimes you don't want to make a statement. You're not there to shout or to have people put a spotlight on you. You just want to be quietly and comfortably in a room. And food is like that too. That the maximalist approach, I think, can be stunning. But it's as inhibiting sometimes as those domes that were, you know, lifted in time mm. in restaurants in the 90s. Sometimes it can't be performance, not the cooking, not the eating, because it stops it being an experience that you can hold on to. So have you eaten at Heston Blumenthal's? I mean, we're talking about a themed dinner around the summer seaside. I and, have and eaten th- his and? food. Um, I preferred his restaurant dinner to the Fat Duck, but that may be because when I went to Fat Duck, I was stupid enough to take my children when they were quite young and then, you know. Bad idea. Maybe I'm just, I don't have the purity of the American soul. I'm too... I'm too European and cynical, so I can't sit somewhere and have <laughs> earphones on while I'm eating something and it's making me that, because I can just see myself like that and I uh, roll my eyes at myself. And also, if I had to say, what phrase instills terror in you and makes you want to do a runner? For me, it's tasting menu. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just can't the worst. It. And I think it may well be to do with the fact that I wasn't a good eater as a child and I was forced to eat. So for me, it it, it makes me feel slightly annihilated having choice taken away. It's It's no coincidence that I started loving food when I began being in charge of what I ate myself. And my mother was a wonderful cook and I loved her food. I just prefer... I just prefer being in charge. That's why I always say to people when everyone says, oh, but you're a cook and cooks are so nurturing. I go, listen, they are, but really we're control freaks. Um, Nurturing though we might be, I I, I would find it very difficult if I I couldn't say what I was going to eat. Now, of course, I like going to people's houses and being cooked for, but a tasting menu is a step too far. And I, I can't quite cope with that amount of different flavors anymore either. No. Well, it's also, it's a marathon. I don't pay a restaurant money, so I have to sit there for three hours. And, you know, every course is, did you like it? Was it good? Special wine? No. It really depends, you know. When people who work in a restaurant make it into an experience and make it feel really special and you feel that you're all part of it, that can make anything wonderful. It's nearly always about the people, isn't it, more than anything else? You love the sound of music, and I. one of my favorite comments is from Christopher Plummer. He used to 
refer to it as the sound of mucus, yes. which I just found rather appealing. <laughs> um, I also like the movie. My wife's mother grew up in Salzburg. By the way, everyone in Salzburg hates it. So I know um, they do, but anyway, they, they I still love it. That. I still so love why, it. So why do you still love it? Well, part, I, listen, again, it goes back to a certain campness in my character, but I remember going to see it in the cinema when it came out. Was it 1967 or eight? Can't remember. Well, I was either seven or eight. And I went to see it with my mother. And I was quite frightened of my mother because she was slightly unpredictable. But it was when, you know, when you had a special time and she was in a good mood, that was great. And, and we never ate sweets, well, candy, as a child, you know, in my home. So she would, like, there were special, they don't exist quite anymore. They were called mint lumps. <laughs> they were chewy. You know, your teeth would stick together. You never spoke for hours after <laughs> eating one. Um, but I remember being there, and it's a long film for a smallish child, but I was captivated. Mm. And I think children like watching children as well, incidentally. Mm. Um, and then when I had children of my own, we, it, you know, I introduced them to it, and we began watching it sort of like once a year. So for me, it has memories that go back, but also a part of my continuing history. And I just love it. I love the songs. I know it all off by heart. There's a thing, I don't know if you have this there in the States. I'm sure you do. I haven't done it here, but there's a theatre which regularly does, like, sing along. So they put the film on in a theatre, and then everyone sings along to it, because everyone knows it and people dress up. Okay, so let's. we're going to do something now, which may be a failure. but Oh, no, you're not going to do Rorschach tests as it were it depends if you want to do no i'll try but just because it's meant to be quick you know i'll be quick i'm normally quite quick but when i'm forced to be quick i i become pondering okay here we go a few questions answered quickly or not cocktail sausages perfect nouvelle cuisine Mm. (laughs) actually it was wonderful when the top people did it and then it became you know people misunderstood it but yes interesting but bring me the butter here, here's a hard one. Charles Dickens or Henry James? Oh, that's, I don't do those choices. I'm, I'm, um, I, I don't, I want both. However, okay. I think I may have lost the gift of reading Henry James. Yeah, I, I never got through the golden ball, but Dickens is certainly easier to read. And, I and mean, I assume, David yeah. Copperfield is a book yes. I do return to Me too. regularly. And every time I read it, and that's plenty of times now, it's fresh. It's an extraordinary novel. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that it was Freud's favorite novel. Best restaurant meal ever? Oh, best restaurant. There is no such thing. There is no <laughs> such thing as the best of anything. It, it suggests all other paths are closed off. And it's your mood and who you're with. And I have many bests, you know? No, actually, I think I do have a best. Oh, do you? What is your best? Uh, Freddie Giardet. Right. Yeah, that that was the best. A a humble man with enormous skill. Um, This is a question everyone asks. Person from history you'd most like to sit down and have dinner with? Um, It's very difficult. I can't really imagine that person in history I'd most like to sit down and have dinner with. Well, I would quite like, I think he might be a bit of a bore, but I, you know, Freud would be interesting. But I'm more interested in the living than the dead. Vivian Gornick I would love to have dinner with. 
Okay, now you got me. Who's Vivian Gordon? She's a wonderful writer. She's an extraordinarily mm. good writer. You must read Fierce Attachments. But she's okay. a but she's really an excellent critic as well. I love her. I love being allowed into her mind. She writes very crisp sentences. She always chooses the word that tastes right. And the typical last question, which is last words, what would yours be? I don't know, but I was taught this wonderful thing. These are true last words that Kim Witherspoon, you know, the wonderful mm -hmm. agent, she was Tony Bourdain's agent, and that's how I know her. And she said something to me once, because I was obviously fizzing and popping and worrying about something. And she had gone into hospital to see the mother, you know, elderly, you know, I think she must have been about 90, uh, a mother of a, oh, a friend of hers. And she was dying. And at the very last thing, she kind of put her hands up and said, all that worry, and then died. And I think <laughs> I say that to myself a lot, because, mm. yes. Don't make it all about the worry. In the end, things happen, they don't happen. Now, it's very hard to be that person and not to worry. I worry about everything. A bit of worry is good. Um, and things, I feel that most things worth doing are frightening. However, those are the last words I find the most valuable. There's wisdom in those words. Yeah, the, the, I guess the problem is knowing something and then acting on it. Yeah, but I think you probably days. only really find out as she did on your deathbed. So you may as well just say, <laughs> I'm just going to bimble <laughs> along as I am. I won't get it. I won't understand no. it. No. I'm getting nearer. And then my last second, I'll go, oh, that's what it was about. <laughs> that is, we all have that to look forward to. <laughs> a revelation at the very last second. Nigella, it's just always a pleasure having you here at Milk Street. Thank you so much and all the best with the tour. I always adore talking to you, Chris. And here's to the next time. That was Nigella Lawson. You can see Nigella live this November on her multi-city tour. For details and dates, go to fane, that's F-A-N-E dot co dot U-K slash Nigella dash Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, hashtag book. One more time, fane.co.uk slash Nigella dash Lawson, hashtag book. You can also find the link in our show description for this episode. That's it for today. You can hear every single episode of our show on Apple Podcasts, MilkStreetRadio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter at 177MilkStreet, on Facebook at Christopher Kimball's Milk Street. And thanks, as always, for listening. Christopher Kimball's Milk Street Radio is produced by Milk Street in association with GBH. Co-founder, Melissa Baldino. Executive producer, Annie Sinsabaugh. Senior editor, Melissa Allison. Producer, Sarah Clapp. Assistant producer, Caroline Davis, with production help from Debbie Paddock. Additional editing by Sydney Lewis. Audio mixing by Jay Allison at Atlantic Public Media in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Theme music by Chewbop Crew. Additional music by George Brendel Egloff. Christopher Kimball's Milk Street Radio is distributed by PRX.
You know, I grew up with Vermont farmers who made do with tools they had on hand. A hammer, pliers, uh, and baling twine, of course, for most jobs. When I became a cook, however, I found that having just the right knife or maybe the perfect carbon steel skillet made all the difference. And the right tool also added pleasure to my cooking. I truly enjoyed my time prepping as well as cooking food. And that also goes for a car. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. And that includes available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know, wonderful pistachios have become my go-to snack. Now, I could list all the health benefits. They're a good source of protein, fiber, and unsaturated fats. But for me, flavor comes first, and that's why it's pistachios, not peanuts, in our household. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, including sea salt and vinegar, chili roasted, and smoked barbecue. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. You know, I love salmon so much that once in a while, I actually drive up to the Mattapedia River in Quebec to go fly fishing. But that's a whole lot of mileage for very few fish. The rest of the time, of course, I purchase salmon at the supermarket, and most of what I buy is indeed farm-raised. Moe Farm-Raised Salmon offers restaurant-quality salmon right to your plate, and they have been in the business for over 60 years. It's available in seven different origins, Norway, Scotland, Iceland, Ireland, Faroe Islands, Canada, and Chile. Each has its own distinctive taste and texture. They offer raw salmon fillets, but you can also purchase pre-seasoned portions or cold-smoked bites. And Moe salmon is available ready to eat with cold-smoked ultra-thin slices as well as center-cut loin. Please visit moeysalmon.us to learn more. That's Moe, M-O-W-I, salmon.us to learn more. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.